good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Heritage Hour. I'm Mark Gonzalez, your pastoral encourager for Southwest Florida, here at the Royal Palm Association of Churches, and I'm so delighted to be with you on this Saturday morning, as we've been doing for about, you know, it's about been about 28 years now, I believe, and uh, what a joy it is just to come together to sit at the feet of the Lord and let Him speak to us. And if you were with us last week, you know we started a brand new series on parenting, a parenting series that's covering all kinds of hot topics. Last week, we talked about five core heart starts in parenting, and today, we're going to talk about four key stages of parenting. And as we get started, as is our custom, oh, let's just go before the Lord and ask Him to speak, shall we? Well, Lord, I'm just so grateful for the privilege of being able to come together with my brothers and sisters, and we do get to come in and sit at your feet and gaze in your eyes and let you speak to us. Lord, as we go through your love letters, your scriptures today, talking about these four key stages of parenting, Lord, we recognize that the children that we have in our homes really aren't ours. They are yours. And you called us to be good stewards of their little hearts and lives. And so, Father, I pray that you'll help us see how you have been pretty clear in sharing with us how we can, in essence, grow with them in trying to do the best we can to groom them into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ and to become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you, Lord, for the privilege of coming together today to compare notes and share hearts about what you have in mind about these four key stages of parenting. Oh, thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. And we pray this in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ by his precious cleansing and healing, transforming, empowering, and forgiving blood. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, my friends, if you have your Bibles, we're going to actually be going to a lot of portions of Scripture, and I'll give you the text references that you can just, uh, you know, study a little bit later. But I want to jump right to it. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verses uh, uh, 11 and 12 says this. Paul's writing, and he says, When I was a child, I used to speak as a child, think as a child, reason as a child. When I became a man... I did away with childish things. Now, here's the thing about that. That's not automatic. We are trained out of our childishness into thinking more like mature adults. And the primary training agents, of course, are parents. Proverbs 22, verse 6, if you're taking notes, train up a child in the way he should go or she should go. Even when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. So obviously, we know that the scripture is calling us to do that. But here's the thing. As children grow up, they are at different stages of how they learn, how they absorb truth, how they apply it into real life. And we need to make that adjustment as we go along. So here are the four key stages of parenting. And as we go along, recognize that it's going to be vital that we switch in the way that we relate and engage with our kids as they get older. And each of these stages enables you to more um, effectively connect with them heart to heart, 
to help them become transformed into the young men and women that God intends them to be. Now, when they first start out from birth to about 10 years old, and these are just, you know, uh, kind of rough ages uh, spectrums here, we start with the captain stage, the captain stage. Stage two will be the coaching stage, then the counselor stage, and then the consultant stage. At the captain stage, when kids are about, you know, uh, from birth to about age 10, you and your spouse need to be the captains of their lives. You are the ones that are setting the pace, setting the tone, setting the rules. You're the one that's doing the training. They are your little sailors. They need to learn to be obedient uh, and, and understand that what you say goes. Let me take you to Deuteronomy 10 verses 12 through 14, to kind of highlight this for a moment. Here the Bible says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today for your good? You see, this is how we start off in our relationship with the Lord, and this is how kids start off in their relationship with their parents, that we are the ones that issue the commands like captains. Now, let me be quick to say, we're not talking about being, you know, Captain Bly, you know, a mutiny on the bounty. We're not talking about being a harsh, domineering, mean captain, but we are talking about the... the uh, the leaders of the home, dad when he's there and when he's not there, it's mom, that what they say is seen as something to obey immediately. It's a not negotiable. You're not to be their best friend. You're not trying to get on their good side. You're not trying to be buddy-buddy. No, you're the captain there. And you're to teach them a healthy fear of authority because authority is being wielded to protect them from great dangers about crossing the street, about playing with, you know, dangerous animals or sharp instruments or things that you should and shouldn't eat or drink and so on and so forth. You want to instill in them a love for being uh, obedient in how they walk with you, to have a genuine love for them, to have a servant's heart for them. So as parents, what we're doing is we're trying to create a simple black and white world for them. This is a yes, this is a no. It's a very safe world for those that are very, very young. Now the reality is the world's going to get very gray for them. There are going to be so many variables and options out there, and it's not going to be as clear-cut uh, in their adult life as it is that you're creating in their younger lives. This is the best possible thing you can do for them, my friends. Make sure you're always wearing the captain's hat. And really, there's only one way that a child can steal the captain's hat from you and start ruling the roost. And you know how they do that? Whining. When a child whines, I don't want to do this. I don't want, oh, no, no, I don't want to leave the playground right now. I want to stay longer. No, no, I want this candy. I want this candy. And I see this so often. My wife and I just cringe when we're at playgrounds or stores and kids start whining. And parents get so flustered and so embarrassed that they give in to the whining just to get them quiet, just to not cause a scene. My friend, when you give in to whining to your child, you've just given up the captain's hat.
They have just won. They're getting their way and you are training them to whine in order to get their way. Instead, be the captain. Keep the captain's hat on. You say, wait a minute. You may ask, but you may not whine. And when they change that tone and they, even if it's kind of stilted and kind of through sobs and deep breaths, well, may I please have a piece of candy from the store here, you know? Uh, And you stop, you consider it. And you may say yes, you may say no. But when you require them to stop whining and ask, and then you take the time to make your decision, you are keeping that captain's hat. But if you don't, and you quickly just give in just to shut them up, they have just become the captain. So, parents need to keep their wits about them. They need to recognize that God has equipped them to be the leaders of the home. That's why the scripture says to the children, obey your leaders, and, or for children to obey their parents. I mean, you see it all the time. Now, Let's move on, though, because kids do grow up. And when they get to be 11 to, say, 15 years old, we're shifting from being the captain in the home, and we shift to being the coach. I know, by the way, before I forget this, um, you can go to my website, markpg.org, markpg, as in miles per gallon, right? Markpg.org, and uh, you can click on uh, books. There's uh, six uh, colored panels there. Click on books and you can get uh, the book that my wife and I wrote called Unpacked Parenting. And it actually goes into greater detail about each of these stages and much more, which I'll be covering in these messages. But get Unpacked Parenting. It's a quick reference guide. It's a quick tips guide. We wrote it in a way that you can go right to it and it'll tell you a whole lot more about captaining and this next stage, the coaching stage. Now, this is, again, when kids are about 11 to 15 years old, when we become more encouragers and we are, we are training them to get out there on the field and play. And you might have some other coaches and, and all, but we're going to give them some, some, uh, some roaming room, as it were. We want them to get engaged. In fact, let me just uh, give you a couple of scriptures that thematically give us a picture of what this is about. Over in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Well, run in such a way that you may win. And then Hebrews 3, verse 13, But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, lest any of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And then in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Now, this is what a good coach will do. A good coach is going to encourage uh, their players to get out in the field and win, you know, do the best they can to win, to do the right thing. Don't play dirty. You don't cheat. You don't do any trash talk. There'll be times if you do, I will pull you off and put you on the bench for a while. But this is the stage when you're allowing your kids to get out there in the schools, get out there in, in dramas, get out there in choirs, get out there in church, get out there in athletics and all, to be under other authorities and to learn to navigate life and all of its relational challenges and with the multiple authorities that they will be under for the rest of their lives. 
you're encouraging them. You can do this. Get on out there. Do your best. But if they uh, take advantage of the privilege, if they do do the trash talking, as it were, or stuff, that's when you take them out, put them on the bench, say, look, we're talking. We're giving you some opportunities, but you're botching it. Now, I love you, and I believe in you. You can do this, but we're not going to let you act that way on the field. It's not right. Now, you're going to try again? Now, here we go. Let's get on out there. This is where you're encouraging one another day after day. You're encouraging your kids. You're considering how to stimulate them to love and good deeds. They need to see you being a positive coach. They need to see you uh, let them play in the game. And when they fumble or they make an error out there on the field or on the court or whatever metaphor you want to lose, don't panic. That's part of the game. It's going to happen. But if they start cheating, that's a whole different matter. Become the greatest, most encouraging coach you can to those kids in those middle school years. They need to see you in their camp, spurring them on, encouraging them. And you're lightening up a little bit with the captain kind of thing. Of course, you're still in charge, but you're just wielding it a little differently. And if you get our, our book, Unpack Parenting, there's a lot of different coaching styles that you can sift through to see what's a better connection uh, with your kid and what you were more, uh, how you were more wired uh, as a coach. And it's a marvelous, marvelous little journey. Now, let's go to stage three. We've talked about being uh, the captain in the captain stage. We've talked about loosening that a little bit as you become the coach. Now, when they get 16, 17, 18, 19 years old or so, we're going to switch, and it's important to switch. If you don't switch from captaining, and, and you're still captaining, trying to captain your teenagers, you're going to have rebellion on your hands. It's going to be frustrating to you and to them. You're still going to be doing some more coaching, but we're also going to start shifting to more toward what we call a counselor stage. And by the way, this is a good time just to share with you something that was a huge aha moment for me and for my wife when our three sons were small and uh, we were yet to face the teenage years. We were having dinner with some good friends of ours and, uh, and, and we were chatting after dinner with the, with the mom and the dad there. And they had a couple of teenage sons and ours were still much younger than that. So as we were chatting about it, I said, well, I'm just hoping that uh, we'll do okay, that we'll survive the teenage years. And I just kind of laughed. And he said, what do you mean survive the teenage years? Well, you know, those, those inevitable rebellious years that, you know, we all have to get through as parents. And I'll never forget, neither will Lindy, what they said to us at that moment. It stuck with us and it absolutely changed the course of our expectation and our practice with our kids as we were even yet to enter into the teenage years. They said this, well, the teenage years don't have to be rebellious. That was a stunner to us. We thought it was automatic. The way we'd heard it talked about before, the teenage rebellious years were just a matter of course. It's just a rite of passage. It's just something that everybody's got to go through. And they said, no, no, no. <coughs> Excuse me. 
No, the teenage years don't have to be rebellious. We said, uh, they don't? No, no, if you do your work uh, while they're young, like your kids are now, man, you have a ball when you get to the teenage years. We're having a terrific time with our boys. And you know what? When we stopped to think about it, we knew those two boys. And they were very fine teenagers. They were young gentlemen, and they were bright, and they were conversational, and they were engaging, and they were industrious and all. Why? Because these parents had done their work and began to mold them when they were very young with an expectation that they would do well. You see, my friends, and here's the encouragement to you. When you captain well when your kids are young, and you coach well when they're in their middle school years, when you get to your teenage high school years and start shifting to counselor and you're making this shift, it can be a wonderful time. Now, our three sons are now in their 30s and they're all married and they all have children already and they're starting their journey into parenting, which, by the way, is what motivated us to crank out uh, our little parenting guide. Uh, people that had been after us for years to do one while we were doing all kinds of uh, training courses and seminars and stuff when we were pastoring in local churches. So we finally did it when our four, our three uh, daughters-in-law uh, all got pregnant within four months of each other. And those four babies came because one had a set of twins and they said, we got to get this done. So we, we cranked it out, had a lot of fun doing it. But listen, we had a ball with our sons in their teenage years. Were there ebbs and flows? Of course. Were there struggles? Absolutely. Did we make some huge mistakes as parents? You better believe it. But the thing is, we had cultivated such a relational tie at every stage as captains and coaches and now as counselors that we were able to work through it quickly and we didn't have the major crises and meltdowns and systemic problems and, and, and drugs and alcohol and, and, and runaways. and all. We didn't have any of that. We had a wonderful time with our boys as we keyed in on how they were developing and their special uh, wiring, which we'll talk about in a few weeks, seven crazy diverse heart wirings that they have an assortment of, and so do we as parents. Uh, we clued into that and onto these stages of parenting, and we made the adjustment to the counselor stage when they got into the teenage year. Now, what is that about? Well, that is when all that uh, training that you've been pouring into them in those younger years, now you're helping them to draw it out on their own. How? By posing questions in their language, not an inquisition, not, you know, uh, uh, a cross-examination like an attorney. You just start posing questions to get conversation going to help them draw out what you have been putting in all of these years. Let me give you a flavor of that out of Proverbs chapter 1, verses uh, 1 through 8. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equality, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. Well, a wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, 
the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So hear, my son or my daughter, your father's instruction. Do not forsake your mother's teaching. So in this passage in in Proverbs 1, 1 through 8, you see the spectrum, the beginning, the captain stage, the instruction, uh, the commands. But then as they get older, you're shifting to providing, uh, helping them learn discretion and wisdom by posing questions, by being the ones who offer some things for them to think through and make some decisions. You are weaning them from parental domination as the captain and even as a coach, and you're beginning to make them make their own decisions by helping them think through their options, even giving them liberty to make some mm, not quite as wise decisions as they could. That's important because they need to learn to bear the consequences of a poorer decision. Now, you do draw the line if they're going to do something dangerous or illegal or immoral. Then you do play your captain-like card, but that's not the dominant way that we're to relate to teens. We're their counselor, offering these questions. Well, have you thought about this? Well, what are some of the options that you have? You know, and uh, uh, and you just engage in that conversation. Awesome, awesome, wonderful time. I can remember when we started making the shift, our sons would say, well, what would you do? Or what should we do? Well, no, we're not going to answer that. You need to make the decision because you're going to need to own it. And we're not going to be with you forever. So what do you think? And then we'd help guide them along with more questions and all. But it's important to help them develop the reflexive ability to draw out what you've been pouring in all these years and to make decisions and to own the consequences good and bad. That's how you're weaning them. That's how you're training them in the way that they should go. And the counselor stage is marked mostly by posing gentle questions to help them think and point them to the Lord. Now, once they get financially self-supporting, once they get married and they move away, You're no longer obviously the captain or the coach or the counselor as much as you are the consultant. The consultant. This is the final stage of the four. Proverbs 15.22 Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. So this is where you offer your input to your adult children But everybody knows that in the business world, a consultant is paid big bucks to come in and say, this is what we believe you need to do based upon our years of experience. Uh, and, uh, And yet that business decides whether to heed the counsel of the consultant or not. It's totally their choice. Parents need to make that adjustment. Yes, it's okay to offer, even with great vigor, what you think would be best in your adult children's lives but you also say but hun or son it's up to you i uh, it's your decision we're going to stand by you either way but we just wanted to offer you that input to do with what you will that's what we want you to be reassured of and we will still encourage you uh, no matter which way it goes so shifting to that consultant stage is a wonderful wonderful stage This is where you're honoring that leaving and cleaving 
principle, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is when you're praising them <coughs> and supporting them and holding your tongue. Uh, and, and let me just kind of illustrate it this way. Uh, and my wife and I are on this stage now with all of our sons now and their wives. We consider ourselves faucets. You know, that when you have faucets throughout your house, the last thing you want the faucets to do is to turn themselves on. Oh, we have so much water here, we just want to help you. And they can turn themselves on. Well, they'll flood the place. The value of a faucet is the availability of plenty of water. That at any time you want to access it, you can get as much or as little water as you need at the moment, at the time. We are faucets in this consultant stage. We do have a lot to offer our kids, but it's best when they come and ask for it. It's best when they're hinting that they need some help. Every now and then we can offer to speak into it if they want, but if they don't want, we don't. On rare occasions do we speak up directly, and it's only if we think it's of dire, dire importance. So remember that as you're making the shift in stages of parenting and you get to this last one, you are the faucet available to them. You're still parenting, but it looks very different than when you were the captain when they were very young, when you were their coach, when they were in their middle school years, when you became their counselor in their high school years, and now a consultant. And by the way, you know, counselors and consultants do similar things, but the counselor often tries to be a little bit more influential and more active and more frequent than a consultant would be. And that's kind of the line of demarcation. But, oh, my friend, you can do this. And I do hope you'll go to my website, markpg.org, and uh, and look for the books. And there's a lot of other books there that can help you and other things as well. But, oh, what a joy you'll have with your kids as you make the adjustment in the four stages of parenting. Well, Lord, I do pray for each person that's listening to this today. Lord, and I pray that they'll just get excited about the, uh, well, the excitement of making the shift in these stages and building that heart relationship with their children for a lifetime. I pray for nothing less than that for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm Mark Gonzalez. Oh, until next time, keep looking up, listening for the whispers of God, and he'll be happy to share with you the things you need to know.